What a wonderful sea breeze. I do so enjoy a good vacation. Oh, what are you doing here? Can you not see that I am taking a little break today? The weather is just perfect for sailing across our vast <sighs> You are not going away, are you? Can't wait for my next tale, I presume? Well, I am not budging. I have packed my alchemaic aqualung and my rabadaki. You are not going to go, are you? Fine! Have it your way. One quick tale, and then I am off. And what better to talk about than the sea? Or oceans if you prefer. Allow me to unpack my trident and to again pierce the veil to our buffoonish Tramble, shamble. Good day, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Ramble Shamble. Today, we unfortunately do not have another guest again, but we are here, Mackie and I, as usual, to talk about one of my favorite subjects. Um, but before we get to that, Mackie, how have you been? Has anything interesting happened in your life? Quite a few things, actually. I went to the chiropractor, which I'm pretty sure I've mentioned before, and he destroyed my back and spine. And But all the while, feeling better, feeling stronger. Besides that, been eating some really great foods at, of, as of late. It's winter time, so you know the stomach is just a little more hungry than usual. Hmm. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I just stick. I'm I'm one of those people that sticks to the same diet basically the whole year round. But I basically eat winter foods anyway, even during the summer. Summer because I just love stews. Um, but now I'm also upping the quality of the stews to reflect the gloomy weather. You know, you gotta mm. avoid seasonal affective disorder. Um. That's basically where you become super depro in the winter. Um, <laughs> but but the... yeah, food food in winter gets a not a, a lot warmer and spicier. And, oh, yeah. for sure. And uh, there's something so special about soups because I know back in my uh, work, <laughs> my previous colleagues at work, they don't quite like soups, and to me. I enjoy a good soup. Uh, a good soup in a cold winter day is like the, it's so warming to the soul. It might not warm you up like completely, like, whoa, I'm now hot now. But I like making soups that like warm the soul. Like you have it and you, after you eat it, you're like, ah, I just feel happy. And that's the, that's the feeling I get from soups during winter time. It just makes you feel happy. Yeah, it's, it's, it makes you feel whole, like some kind of void was filled. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I heard this hilarious thing on a different podcast um, by Brandon Sanderson. Not sponsored. Uh, <laughs> where he, uh, he's not a sponsor, but if he does want to sponsor us, he's very welcome or to. Or join I us in a, in a podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely. If we can, we can ever talk. be graced like that. 
Yeah, we can talk world building and video games. You guys can chat about Elden Ring. Um, but anyway, he and his co-host Dan were talking about soups and stews, and they were saying that cereal is actually a soup. Um, and the way that they motivated for that actually makes a lot of sense. Um, <laughs> I, I can't do it justice, but yeah, check it out if you if you haven't already. But even more than I would like you to check out their podcast and their episodes, check out some of the other episodes that we're going that we have already done because we have covered a lot of different things. And you know, they are. I sometimes find it difficult to find cool places to find discussions and topics and podcasts as well. And, you know, in that gaping void, I sometimes wonder where can I find that place? You know, Mackie, do you, have you ever heard of a place where you can find other podcasts? Yeah, it's, it's one of the greatest life questions and queries that's it's not just you hey Jotun. everyone has that problem and it's it's a it's a crisis that is growing unfortunately the world is just there's so many podcasts and our, we recently joined a reddit talk and some of the reddit people are screaming for something different from the typical crime dramas the typical uh food channels that people love to talk about and they say they want something unique and special and it's something that's obviously plaguing the world at the moment. And I thought, hey, isn't there something called Ramble Shamble? Doesn't Ramble Shamble have its own Discord? Where they chat with the audience about different topics, not just food, not just crime and drama, but anything really, just a fun little thing that you can listen to and enjoy the fun conversations of Mac and Jotun and others. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Guys, <laughs> going off the advertisements a bit, we do have our own Discord. We have a YouTube channel that I hope you guys are watching and listening to us as we right now. We'd love to hear you guys' comments. We want your topics and ideas for future episodes. We also want your involvement in deciding who's the victor. Is it Mackie or Jotun? And this is important, guys. If you don't tell us who's the winner, we're just going to keep rambling and shambling until you start talking. It's not going to stop, unfortunately. And that... the world, the world needs to know who is better, who is the smarter <laughs> of us. And that's the most important thing that you guys can come to us. We we not on just Spotify. We're on Spotify. We have Apple Podcasts. We're on Stitcher. We're on Google Podcasts. And we hope to be growing our channel to grow more communities. We love talking with people. We, we would game with you guys as well. We hopefully have our gaming channel up and going by this stage. If not, it's what fumble shamble. And you guys must just join and join the fun. Comments, bring your ideas, and maybe... And there's a question at the end of every episode. And I don't know, what, what do we do with those questions, Jotun? With those questions, we normally have some kind of a poll. Um... But we, we just want you guys to, to talk to us. We're very lonely people, actually. So um, lonely. It's, it's quite sad. Um, so please, comment on YouTube. Tell us what you think. Give us your responses and your answers to our questions. Give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts as well. You know, every little bit matters. Um, your response could brighten my day. And then I will just smile in my flash. 
at myself, I guess. <laughs> um, but we will be taking our favorite response as always and talking about it for about 15 to 20 minutes in a separate playlist called Ramble Sham Shrapnel. Jeez, I get so confused with those. Ramble Shrapnel. And we will just talk about that for a little while so that you guys can listen a bit more to our beautiful voices. Okay, so that's enough of the usual stuff done. Uh, let's get to the topic for today. Now, I have a deep fear. Although it's not a phobia, it is, of course, still a fear. And that is a fear of the ocean and the deep and how dark it is down there. And it's very well known that the ocean is not very well explored. Like it's only 80%, no, 20%. I, I was supposed to say, around. like not 80, 20%. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like 20% of the ocean has been explored. I think we only know something like 10% of the species that are living down there. And so today I decided that we're going to be talking about that for a little bit. Mm. Mackie, there are very weird and disgusting and messed up things down there in the ocean and it is such a vast space that void is just looming there waiting waiting for us to quieten and not pay attention before it pounces so i asked you to do a little bit of research about the weirdest creatures in the ocean and i would like you to tell me what your favorite weird creature well, I just wanted to say I love the topic idea. The fact that we as hum humanity who live in this ideal perfect land world where we between space, the ever-expanding space on top of us and the completely unexplored dark depths of the ocean below us, we are literally <laughs> in the perfect ideal situation at this present moment. And just like, it makes your mind like think like, wow, we're literally a sandwich right now. <laughs> we don't know what's be above us or below us. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Just think about it. Oof. If we go into the ocean, then we are goners. If we go into space, we could make maybe live like up there. It, it'll take some time with some tech, but down in the ocean, we are wiped out. But if anything came onto land, I think you stand a decent chance of winning. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> For sure. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, I've done my... I've always been fascinated by the ocean. And ever ever since playing Subnautica, I have done my, like, a little bit of search, like, saying, okay, Subnautica has some really weird-looking uh, sea creatures. And it made me think, like, does Earth have, like, something of that similar nature? And something that I... Well, two creatures that came to my attention was the vampire squid and black dragon eel but out of those Ooh. two the black dragon eel is the most interesting to me it is incredibly creepy um yeah the the vampire squid very briefly is not a true like it's not a blood sucker so these two Aww. creatures <laughs> i wish i already wish these two sea creatures are very low or are extreme depths of our ocean to the point where Nutrients and consumables are very slim, very low. So the deeper you go, the the more ferocious the, the sea creatures become, and the less they move around on the general whim. 
a Janine save the energy for food consumption. So if they see something they can hunt and grab, they'll go for it. If they it's too far, it'll just lay dormant. It'll just like float. Because there's not enough food to go around to keep them sustained for continuous movement. So the vampire squid takes advantage of this. It has little feelers at the end and it will literally just grab things on its little hair feelers and bring it into it and eat oh. it. But the dragon eel, oh my gosh. I'm not sure if I should share a picture, but this thing is absolutely scary. Um, <laughs> why, why, it up. why I like this, this one brings to my attention the most is that it's a pure blooded predator for the deepest, darkest depths. Where, uh, so many sea creatures at depths where there is literal no light from the outside, it's too dark, they produce their own luminescence or their own glow that they're able to kind of help identify or see a bit. But they generally have great night vision. Now, this creature called the black dra uh, black dragonfish is a predator. So obviously it needs to hunt and seeing the creature is very easy and very quite, it can take it down quite quickly. Jenny swallows it whole. However, obviously if this creature is glowing on the outside and it glows in your stomach, it's going to make you quite a, <laughs> the next food item on the list of food items down in the depths. depths. So how this creature combats it is that it has incredibly dark skin that covers the luminous so it's although this creature has swallowed this whole fish whole generally or bites it it's not glowing in the stomach because it's so pitch black dark that the glow doesn't even escape its stomach or shine out any any of its limb uh skin or any other ways it could shine out and this creature is absolutely weird like how does it have a little feeler at the bottom of its chin it's almost like a oh it's just an amazing little creature to look at even okay that's a pretty op op creature <laughs> um for my weirdest creature i decided to go with the mantis shrimp okay Ooh. now the mantis shrimp is truly one of the weirdest things if you if you guys look at the picture it looks like some kind of neon just like neon homunculus that was made <laughs> by some crazy crazy creator god okay it's 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 t truly iridescent it's got like every color of the spectrum on its shell and like it can snap with its claws so fast that it literally makes heat the like something as hot as the sun they basically make plasma because they move so extremely quickly they and their punches go the velocity of a gunshot like a 0.22 caliber rifle um that movement causes cavitation bubbles that that also is superheated and even makes a flash of light and the the, the temperature that I'm talking about is 4,400 degrees Kelvin, I believe. Jeez. Small c. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Minus um, 273 on that and you'll get into Celsius. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, 
so oh my gosh it's so hot but um <laughs> their clubs uh, or their arms are also protected on the inside like inside its core with shock absorption properties which means that anything it hits also doesn't like mangle their clubs um and it's not even a shrimp or a mantis it's like actually something yeah it's it's actually something called a stomatopod um yeah i love the yeah sorry i just love this one description that says what happens if a mantis shrimp hits you a mantis shrimp shrimp's powerful punch can hurt humans a shrimp can land before a person even realizes it there because a strike is so like quick. a vampire like a predator so quick shrimp punches cause deep wounds and lacerations with rounded edges there's almost always a loss of tissue after a mantis strike strikes and heavy bleeding <laughs> that is crazy it's ridiculous yeah um but probably the coolest fact about them that i just absolutely love is that they have the most complex eyes in the animal kingdom that we have found to date they have 12 to 16 different color photoreceptors in wow. their eyes or in their retinas and that's literally like five times as much as we have so we only like have three yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> red blue and green is what we have but they have 12 to 16. they see <laughs> infrared ultraviolet and shit that we don't we can't even think of that's crazy so, yeah. Oh, one last fact. They are older than dinosaurs. They evolved between 400 million and 700 million years before, well, seven, 170 million years before dinosaurs. And that is 400 million years ago that they evolved. And where, Something where, that where can, can you last. find them? Um, I assume that you can find them around asia because there's one random fact that says that japanese cantonese vietnamese mediterranean filipino and hawaiian cuisine all feature them so i think they're <laughs> that's, everywhere <laughs> that's crazy to have these like killer lobster things with the punch of one punch man to just be like hey it's, it's a sushi item <laughs> oh yeah they can probably punch people to the moon as well that's crazy. Yeah. So yeah, um, just so you know, for the very last question, we will be incorporating all of the answers in the smaller questions. <laughs> you will have to. Okay. So next question. Of the weird creatures that I asked you to check up, what is the scariest? Like what makes you fear deep down? like encountering it in an ocean if you were to go like in subnautica deep deep down say into the mariana trench what would strike the most fear in your heart if you saw it reaper leviathan <laughs> that's subnautica <laughs> i will say look i will say the reaper leviathan has uh... brought the most absolute like me want to crap in my pants ever the fact that it's like swimming in the distance and you hear this giant but different like blunt roar and you're like is it has it seen me you see it swimming across and it's just the worst creep but based on off that I, I would have to say 
although not really unique, the creepiest creature for me would be a giant squid. Reasoning being, is, reason being, the giant squid, in, as it's in its name, the ones that we have flowed to our shores is min, like almost like uh, teen size. They're not necessarily the biggest size, and I just have this un like this unnerving uh, gut feeling that there is a lot bigger giant squid, like so <laughs> big that it would like. <laughs> dwarf any like major uh aircraft carrier that we have that like the size comparison is just and just having that idea that it could just literally lift one of its tentacles and you'd only see a suction because it's so damn big that you would not see the whole thing unless you were able to like really like have a proper submarine to f go around it at a mock speed of at a mock speed to kind of see how big this thing is and having that feeling where it's pitch black pitch darkness and just one day just decides you know what i'm hungry goes up grabs and it's done and it's gone and you have no idea having that sense of powerless powerlessness of a squid of that dramatic size that you would not be able to get away from now i know that's hypothetical but the fact that the teen the squ giant squids that we've seen come to shore teen size um um, um, I, I have to make a scientific hypothesis that there must be something of much greater size, like things that, like a squid that's been alive for hundreds of years. That's more than possible. That and that just creeps me out. That creeps me the crap out. That's why oceans and deep waters are the absolutely terrifying thing for me. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely agree with that. Those those squids are pretty dangerous. Oh, and I, I also think that they are definitely out there Oof. um which brings me to my creature which is lo and behold the colossal squid <laughs> <laughs> okay so let me give you guys some facts about why this thing is so creepy okay uh like mackie Ma mentioned the adolescent squids that we have found were something like 13 meters long already which is pretty big um, and their bodies have two fins, fins, a mantle, a head, eight arms, and two tentacles. Those arms and tentacles all have hooks and suckers. <laughs> hooks, people. Hooks. hooks. That makes them so different. <laughs> exactly. And not only that, they have other things that also freak the shit out of you it's like some creator god was playing spore or something and didn't know exactly what he wanted to make so he threw in tentacles he threw in fins he threw in suckers and claws and get this everybody he also threw in a beak the biggest beak in the animal kingdom is it bigger than <laughs> the ridiculous. giant squid or is it about the same size the colossal squid is actually the the species of squid that's bigger than this <laughs> the giant squid. Oosh. The colossal Cause... squid is the biggest one. Eesh. I thought the giant squid was the biggest one. That's interesting. Good to know. Now I have a new thing to well... fear in the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, they have beak they the 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 hooks the hooks in their suckers can actually swivel as well. And 
I just want you guys all to know that these things are carnivorous, they are predators, and they are basically unkillable, just like octopodes, because they also have nine brains and three hearts. Now, to further what Mackie was saying about going into the deep ocean depths and just knowing that there's something massive around you, imagine if you were just shining the headlights of your your submarine and out of the darkness comes a dinner plate sized eye and it just looks at you. Yeah, everybody, that's the kind of fear that I live with. Okay, but let's talk about some happier and brighter things. <laughs> Mackie, do you think that humanity will ever live inside of the ocean? I think it's definitely a possibility, although. I think no. My answer would be no. And my reasoning may surprise people who would say, for sure, humanity's restarted living in the ocean, etc., etc. Uh, the thing is, we, we humanity, we can live in semi-deep deep water, but there's so many drawbacks and inconsistencies that I don't think we could officially like decide that we can live in the ocean and no longer depend on the land i think what if we evolve tails well yeah if we if we have ten <laughs> ten thousand years to do that but i think we as humanity if we decide like tomorrow humanity must all move to the nearest ocean they can and they have the facilities to do that kind of uh, they have to have the perfect ideal facilities the self-sustained facilities I don't think it would be a feasible option in terms of like this is the way forward. Although I would love it, I think we would more likely have a better chance of surviving if we all flew to Mars. <laughs> <laughs> really, I'm actually a bit surprised. Considering considering that you sounded a bit like that Ryan guy, uh, Anthony Ryan or something. The I'm talking about the bad guy from. Uh, Bioshock. Um, I would think that you would be spinning off yarns about about Bioshock kind of places. I think <laughs> I think that we will live in the ocean eventually, and that we will actually be forced to, at least on a temporary basis, like a semi-migratory one, where we live on the land when the climate is nice but we go down into the depths when it isn't because <laughs> i think that taking for granted that climate change is happening and it's going to come very fast and it's going to be really really bad i think that at least part of humanity will go down into the ocean or that we will be spending at least a few months of the year in the ocean um but disregarding your response <laughs> if <laughs> in a hypothetical world if we did live in the ocean how do you think we would manage that do you see something bioshock like with just a lot of metal and reinforcements and stuff or not what do you think so the Look, this get this touches into the fact why I think it is not possible or it's not feasible for the ocean. Because the biggest issue, or there's a number of issues to living under the ocean. One of the biggest issues is pressure. And 
for i think it's every 10 meters it's one additional atmospheric pressure now we humans are very very vulnerable to pressure changes uh i'm not like we do experience it when we go from low climb uh low altitude to high altitude people might feel like it's harder to breathe and etc etc like that but our senses and our organs are all very pressurized to a certain pressure level and that unfortunately means that we can't go to extreme depths like in bioshock like bioshock is on a very deep level of water where mm -hmm. you can't you look up and it's complete darkness we wouldn't have we would not be able to sustain that way of living unless we have proper pressure regulators so systems that help pressurize the uh domes that you have consistently and that takes a crap ton of amount of power and you guys might say thermal energy that because there's thermal vents that are consistently producing heat yeah you're right um there, there's a lot of energy you're, you're just taking all of my talking points i'm, I'm taking basically. them away because i'm telling <laughs> you why it won't work so there's a lot of ways to combat it and i'm not saying it's not possible i'm just saying that there's a lot of things like our way of breathing so think of the fact that it's not like you would go outside and then there you go you're breathing you would have to go breathe these bring the tanks and you would funny enough have to add helium into it <laughs> so i'm not sure if your voice goes higher but that's how they combat uh i think it's some kind of uh seasickness i can't remember what it's called it's called the bends uh according yeah. to some scuba divers and they need that to combat the pressure changes that they need that to breathe so I can picture us as humanity if we are forced to live underwater. Say that there's a nuclear event. We would not go more than 10 meters below the water. Primarily yeah. because it's it's not sustainable. It's It might be for periods of time. But if you go any deeper, you would have to go down. And then say you were 30 meters deep into the water. Now you say, okay, now I need to go recharge my oxygen tanks. And I need to go to the dome at the 10 meter mark. So you go up there. You have to stop at the... 10 meters for at least an hour time to just get yourself depressurized again because your organs are all uh <laughs> too used to the deepest depth and if you go up too quickly your brain literally would explode or the vet the best it's it's crazy how many consequences they are and that that's the thing that i think feasibility in terms of how we would do it i think around about 10 meters depth would have uh they will use the energy heat transfer for energy purposes they would use the heat transfer between the low depths of very cold to the surface temperature and that should produce enough energy to produce or enough heat change to produce enough energy to power the plant although i still think that we would be highly dependent on land in terms of food production food gathering and just overall keeping everything maintenance maintenance is such a pain in the behind to take care of <laughs> That's interesting because at the moment we depend so heavily on the ocean for food. But yeah, basically Mackie took a bunch of my talking points already, <laughs> like hydrothermal vents and try to throw a wrench in my, my gears and my cogs. Um, but I'm a believer. I think we're going to go down there one day. We're going to be in a civilization that looks a lot like Bioshock, just a bunch of thick, heavy plated metal tubes glassworks all of that kind of stuff at least on a tempor temporary semi-migratory basis where in the depths of summer or something we will need to be going underwater 
just to survive. Um, so uh, just one thing, sorry, yeah. to add on to there, the, the, I do see that happening, but only once we invent robots that can do all the work we need to do at those depths. So mm. why I mentioned maintenance is such a pain in the behind is that if one of us, like me or you, so we're already accustomed, say we're already accustomed to the depth pressure at that depth. Same, say we got that kind of thing. As soon as we exit, we won't have, we would have to wear such massive heavy suits to combat the pressure difference that to the point where that's like 200 cars laying on top of us and trying to <laughs> make maintenance repairs on this glass that obviously is highly reinforced and metal. It would be amazing for like the first, say, 50, 10 years because the salt water you have to combat against. And salt water, salt, is highly corrosive. So yeah. dealing with that, you would be able to have to combat that. And, that, and you know the big daddies in Bioshock? Those are like the perfect yeah. representation of the perfect repairmen. Is that you have something that's robotic, something that is like just pure muscle and doesn't really have a mind of its own, then yeah, it could be possible. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I guess since you don't think we're gonna be living under the ocean, you'll have to tailor your response to the fun question yeah. a little bit. Okay. But um looking at all the responses that we've given so far and incorporating them into the next response. How will the ocean and ocean life rebel or rise up against humans to overthrow us <laughs> if we do live down there? Or in your case, because of overfishing or something. What, what scenario happens because of that? Uh, do you want me to start, or do you want please, to Please, can you go start while I formulate my uh, <laughs> simulation of my brain? <laughs> okay, so we all know that octopodes and squids are ridiculously smart for animal life. And so I think that they are going to be the ones that first realize how, much, how big a problem we are. And they're going to start making plans for how to take us down. Okay, now <laughs> squids and octopodes are basically a creature from Dungeons and Dragons called an aboleth, which is just this ridiculously smart mastermind that can basically brainwash lower life forms and creatures. And I think that they're going to take all the life in the ocean that is super OP and they're just going to make some kind of military protocol to take down the humans. Now, they themselves are, like we said, the, the, the adolescent squids are already 13 meters long. Just think of a bunch of colossal squids and the massive octopodes that are living down there. I can just Spearheading picture Spongebob and Patrick coming to attack me. <laughs> um, but as we covered before, they have claws and massive beaks, and they can also camouflage themselves perfectly. They would be, they would be the espionage core of, of the underwater movement. They would be infiltrating our systems and we wouldn't even be knowing that they're there. It would be perfect. Um, then, you've got, then you've got, well, we think that we're safe and secure under all of our metal, 
but then the hordes of billions of little mantis shrimp, shrimp come out of nowhere and start hammering at <laughs> our metal plated 13 inch thick steel walls and before you know it the literal plasma that's coming out of their punches is going to destroy that stuff and it's ridiculous then you've got sharks and things coming in there taking us down before the masterminds come out of the darkness just looking at us with their massive eyes and silently they know they won they took us down the uprising is successful the apes have nothing on the creatures of the deeps i'm uh, telling you now i love this we don't stand a chance oh heck yeah. no we don't so two two questions okay um so what was the cause of the squids gathering the forces of the deep to combat the humans so what is the why did they think now's the time the humans have dealt their dealt their last card they are no longer we can't we no longer give them permission to live among us i think it'll be a lot like how i treat insects in my my place like my little flat and that's that if they come inside of my house then they're fair game i can smash them i can kill them i can stomp on them because this is my house if i go outside then i'm in their house so i leave them alone i don't do anything to them there and i think it'll be similar for them as well they're fine as long as we stay to like just some joy rides where we dive down look at the pretty things on the surface layers of the ocean and don't really cause them that much harm and i also think that look we are over overfishing and stuff inside the oceans but you know we don't really bother the deep stuff those colossal squids are all very well and happy super deep down in the mariana trench and stuff but if we were to come and live down there that would be a step too far we would have crossed the line they are going to take us out that's the reason so you think that's our mere presence so like pollution wise like us crapping and it's just going to the deep dark waters it's just going to piss them off to the extent that they say okay i'm going to use my large tentacles to pull off all the matter strips from the shallow sides of the world and bring them down to the dark depth where we hope that they can still kind of see where they're punching and the right punching direction <laughs> because again <laughs> we're putting these shallow living shoreline creatures useful sushi items down to the darkest depths hoping that the pressure doesn't burst their shell exoskeletons to pieces and then you're hoping that these guys you can like point them in the right direction that like that's the way to punch and you see them like kind of like punching each other because they can't quite see where they're punching unless you get maybe okay. the light from I this place yeah the light from this place could work but the pressure i see these things like popping by the time like they're halfway just like pop 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 pop, pop. it's like hmm well well, they are extremely territorial. Uh, I'm talking about squids and octopodes now. Mm. They no, are true. extremely territorial and they are predators as well. Granted, I'm taking some premises, well, for granted, from the Avaliths from Dungeons and Dragons. But um, now I don't think that they're going to be able to mind control the pistol shrimps like the Avaliths can do. But I think that they are smart enough to be able to communicate with other ocean life or at least threaten them. I mean, come on, we're talking about the colossal squid here. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be able to threaten whatever the hell they want. 
So I think I think they could do it. Yeah, definitely. They can they can persuade or like goad other ocean life to listen to them. So should I rather instead of since my question is not really pro the humanity living under the ocean, should my debate my side of the argument say could we survive the onslaught of creatures of, of the death? Like how would we? Yes. And how would they rise up against us overfishing? Okay. So I definitely think that the sea creatures would get really pissy at us because like you say, I don't I don't actually think overfishing would be a problem. Um primarily because the fact that fishing for us would be rather hard. We would have like small communities around the world. So I think fishing would be an issue because obviously you now that's our only source of food. But I think we would be exposed to new kinds of food from the depths that we wouldn't that we would not normally be exposed to. So I don't think it's fishing, but I think it's the whole mere presence of us creating additional heat because now we humans we we radiate heat. It's an, it's part of our nature. We warm blooded animals. So I think our additional heat will just raise the lower depths lower depths temperatures to a small degree, not a massive degree, to a point that it would attract more octopi and octopods that mm. they would feel this new they would see this light because obviously we we're a species of light they would see this glow and then they would feel this uh, this warmth and i think they would be attracted to this glow and warmth that they would say what the f is in my territory like oh you said they're very territorial they're like they know where the, everything is and they'll say oh that one, there's a little speck of this glow and it's rather warm and I think occasionally, obviously, we would try to use our own crap to farm. I wonder why the water is warmer there. Yes, and it would be attracted (laughs) towards that. And I think all creatures would slowly but surely be attracted to that light and that warmth that they would not normally be exposed to. And I think our waste, funny enough, would be enticing for them. I think they would like that because, like I mentioned before, the depth creatures don't get much food or much nutrients. And when we fin- <laughs> when we don't finish our foods like our hamburgers and stuff, and we throw it into our garbage disposals, and we eventually have to say, okay, we have to chuck it into the sea. Now we're exposing new foods and nutrients to these things, and like, holy crap, Santa, what is this meat? What is this vegetable that I'm now tasting for the very first time in my life? And it's so much, I'm feeling so full and satisfied to the point that the creatures are now like feeling like, oh, that this is like the uh the sip of the food and nutrients and warmth and everything inside there i must get in here so <laughs> i definitely think that that would attract the creatures to attack the base that would definitely you, be my you know book. what you just made me think of you you made me think of uh, mesopotamian mythology where the gods were so irritated by the noise that humanity was making that they wanted to eradicate us oh no 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 it was the elder gods Apsu and Tiamat that were irritated by the noise of the younger gods. And so the, the younger gods overthrew them. But what I'm thinking now is that squids and octopodes that live so deep in the ocean and that are so massive probably would live for something like hundreds of years. Mm. And over that time, or maybe even thousands of years, we don't know, those things haven't nine brains and three hearts man but anyway <laughs> um they could be thousands of years old yeah and that's just think with that amount of time how much intelligence they would grow they are basically elder gods they are like 
the Cthulhu mythos and Lovecraft writ large. But you make it seem like they have like this wall of encyclopedia and knowledge that they can just brush up on and say, I know how to tactically uh, bring everything to me. I think they would still have to a certain degree because obviously it's whatever they have around them. It's pitch darkness, it's cold, and, it's, and they will occasionally see a few lights or things that say, hey, I can eat that. Hey, I can eat that. So I don't think they would have the intelligence to say, okay, men, we've prepared for this situation. We are now so old that we can handle everything. <laughs> I think that because of the situation they're in, they probably would be smart and probably have the memory of like an amazing memory. But I don't think they would have the intelligence to say, I know what that is. I don't think they would look at the humanity and see the shell and say, I know that's a, a living uh, that's a living society of smaller species now living in my home. I think it would say, okay, I'm actually curious. What is this thing? Because I think the curiosity of the... How many months was it? Five months? Four months? Oh, they have like nine brains. They have brains in each of their tentacles as well. So I think they, their nine brains would just... like I'm not sure if you've seen how an octopus and squid, they like reach out and they feel, they touch anything, and then when they touch something that they're not quite sure, they pull back. I think that's what the squid would, uh, this, our giant squid octopi will do. They will like reach out to this glow, touch it, and nothing. And then I think they might even like wrap themselves around it, and then just like say, "Oh, this thing is warm, and there's something moving down there." I'm curious as f. Don't 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 <laughs> trivialize that. That's I... terrifying. <laughs> Those things are so massive. No, but that's what I'm saying. They I think they would wrap around just... a dome and just like look down and they'll say, ah, and then they will use a giant ass beak and then poke their way down. Like, clink, nothing. And then they hit a bit more so... pressure, clink, and you're like, oh, crap. Dude, that's even more terrifying. <laughs> they would just like destroy us just because they were curious. Yes. <laughs> that's like, that's like sharks biting the fiber optic cables under the oceans and destroying my internet just because they're curious as well. That's basically it. And I think that's what secret, the, like the octopi being so smart. Because they're very, like you said, they have so many brains. They're very curious creatures. They love to latch onto things. They like to mess, like, see what this is. And I think our warmth and our glow is going to attract them to say, whoa, what's that? Is that something nice? It's tasty. But I will say that there probably is one way to fight against it. And I think it's something that's quite plausible. And I actually saw it in the Star Wars movie, funny enough, and it actually made a lot of sense. Is that I think our domes of protection from the water, we would also incorporate... Are you, are you, are you talking about Gungan society? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> not, not really, kind of. So our domes of protection that I'm picturing this, because we are land mammals, so we all love our oxygen and our superficial trees and grass, that this giant dome will have this like grid-like, maybe a, a octagon grid or a honeycomb grid around our dome, where electricity will be gently passing through, so there will be like electric current, and when this giant squid like brings out one of its tentacles just to feel what is this glow and warmth, we just raise the current to a high enough level that they say, ah, 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 don't touch, don't touch, to, it like shocks them and like, and gives them a, a nasty little shock because funny enough, sea creatures respond to electricity discharge. And when they, when they feel it, they tend to say, mm -mm, I don't, I don't touch that. I don't mess with that. And I think that would, in a way, 
teach the octopi that this is not something I can touch. But obviously when the grid goes down, like in all the Jurassic Park movies, they put their thing on and they realize, huh, this thing is not <laughs> shocking me anymore. Time to rap. <laughs> <laughs> I think that they, would, that they would just get more angry. You think or so? They'd get like their, or they'd get their electric eels and other... Um, other electricity <laughs> generating creatures to come take us out. Maybe this creature is so old that it produced an immunity to electricity discharge. Maybe it's just like... No, it should have the thickest skin. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that the older they get, the more they just keep growing. <laughs> Either that or they get um, some giant-ass lobster. Those things keep growing. That's true. <laughs> that makes me think there would be some kind of intimidation scare tactic that they would use just by using the the giant crabs or giant spider crabs from japan <laughs> imagine those things if they scaled up like 10 times as well just like slowly moving in the ocean crawling Oof. towards us as we just shine spotlights on them man but anyway so you think that they will rise up and well, at least take out the overfishing people because they're curious. So I, I think that they're going to make a concerted effort. So I don't, I don't think, I think that they would be, I think the fact that if we were to live underwater, I think they would be attracted by our mere presence, not by the overfishing. I think they would like the additional waste we're producing that we just send into the ocean. But I think okay, the okay. fact that we would have this grid, so this honeycomb grid around all city where it will be square round the fact that over it produces an electric charge i think it would they would it would sate their curiosity like how in the Jurassic park movies you see this giant tyrannosaurus rex i know this is a movie guys we are speculating yes there's a lot of speculation around here and i feel the fact that this t-rex would touch the fence and say hey this is sore it's probably and they're not quite sure how sore so it would feel like hey this is not something i want to touch there's this giant squid with this curiosity with over 12 brains i'm saying 12 brains now would touch this dome and then say uh-uh yes people I remember don't... these are the these are the overpowered ones yeah these could these ones have 12. so i feel like they would touch the dome and because of its and its its curiosity but also the fact that it's not quite sure how to approach this thing so it would touch this dome and be shocked and then they would say okay i'll keep my limbs close by and maybe I'll catch a few stragglers who decide to leave this dome and then see if they're tasty or not. And once I had the taste of the flesh, I might touch the dome again. Maybe after maybe like 50 years, I will eventually say, this thing is, sh I can feel sensation. It's not pleasant, but I can deal with it. And that's, I think that's when they would decide that time is time is enough. Where we're like, oh crap, now this thing is not even caring the fact that we put our charge levels to full maximum and it's not shocking him anymore and he's like, I'm over this, I know this feeling, I can deal with it. Oh, uh, okay. Well, again, I think that they're going to make concerted effort <laughs> to take us down. You think they're spot on now, for that? <laughs> yeah, I do. I think, because you can you can say that they, they wouldn't be as clued in about what, what's going on in the surface world. And I, I'll, I'll give you that, but they are also competing with each other. So they have to try to outsmart, outsmart their rivals as well. Mm. And they're also very territorial. So then it's like they're just getting smarter and smarter because 
they want to take out their rivals. And so it's like they're playing mastermind chess with each other the whole time. <laughs> and so even though they don't know what our capabilities are and what we are even, I think that they'll be so clued in on how to be an absolute predator that they could easily take us down. But I guess the audience will have to decide about which they think is the more likely answer. And we would like to hear whatever you guys have to say as well. How do you think the ocean would rise up to take us down? I know this is a massive topic, so um, be concise or don't, whatever. Talk to us, you know. We want to be heard or we want you to be heard. We want to listen. Um, yeah, comment on YouTube. You can also give us a five-star review, please, on Apple Podcasts. And Mackie, where can they find us? They can find us on Discord. They can find us on Twitter. They can find us on YouTube, which you restated. They can find us on Instagram, because we do have an Instagram account. They can, yeah, they just, guys, do a quick uh, Google search. We have, we're on Discord, which is a nice little Discord search feature. Even, even, even Facebook. Like, I know it's going the way of the dodo, but we've got a Facebook account as well. <laughs> And that's that's the thing, guys. We try to reach out as many ways as possible to bring you guys to our nice, more active Discord server. You will find us more active on Discord than those other channels. Not saying we're not, just saying that Discord is our pr more fun way of communicating with you guys because you can share pictures, we can share topic ideas, we can make fan bots and maybe play some games. And that that's why Discord is definitely the more preferable way. On YouTube, you can still chat to us quite regularly. And we do appreciate those like button, guys. The like and the bell, they're very important for YouTube nowadays. The dislike button is still there, but doesn't really show the numbers anymore. So you can't really tell if it's a bad video or not. Although, <laughs> we will know, but you won't, you won't really know the numbers. So don't worry about that. But guys, if you have not, if you don't know, we post regularly on every Thursday. And if this episode didn't quite touch your fancy, or maybe it did. Listen to your other topics. Maybe there's a topic that interests you more. Or, be yet, tell us a topic that interests you guys. And we will happily choose that as a topic for a week. We'll be happy to have that. Yeah. But where we do take your input on a consistent basis is for our separate playlist, Ramble Shrapnel, which are little bite-sized pieces of the bigger episodes or at least relating to them where we take your favorite answer and talk about that for 15 to 20 minutes um today again the question is how would the ocean rise up to take us down and if you can convince us that your response is the best or if we just like it the most then we're going to be talking about that so check out ramble shrapnel as well now that is a wrap for today, everybody. Thank you for spending the time to listen to our beautiful mellifluous voices. We were joined by the risible, the ridiculous, the rascal, Mackie, and myself, Yotin. Goodbye. Enjoy your weekend, I guess. Bye-bye.